Sometimes the wasting isn't so bad. Sometimes things are better dead than alive. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's very true. And I'm not talking about, because you know what, it has nothing to do with my life insurance either. So, uh, <laughs> Getting a little nervous there. I know. We what are, is the value of well, a dead man? <laughs> we're about to talk to... <laughs> not the oh, John Ferguson here of Nature's Way talking about composting, but uh, I just want to let you all know, by the way, speaking of life insurance, if your wife seems to be eating lunch a whole lot with your life insurance, man, oh, get out of town. You might just want to check under the car <laughs> before you start. There, it. Sean? <laughs> He's a little nervous. <laughs> anyway, let's get out to John. John, are you there? I'm here, Sean. Melinda, how y'all doing? Hey, doing, we're great. doing great. How are you doing? John Ferguson of Nature's Way. Some of the we've been using um, his products now for a few years, um, and it has changed the way our uh, our beds and our plantings uh, just are thriving. Have come to life. And the truth is, John, even when we started with your material, the that leaf compost, we put it in our backyard first because that was the first area we began to renovate, and. Um, by the time we moved to the front yard, we started seeing some worms in the back and a lot of activity. And uh, my grandson's so excited about it. And I told Sean, look at this. Look at how the soil's already changed. Never had that many worms before Never. in our life. So uh... so if you need to go fishing, you know, you can come on by. <laughs> Thanks right. to you. Well, good. It's like to hear things like that. Yes, sir. But, it's very uh, true. John, what I was hoping is maybe you could give us an idea for the average homeowner, how they could start putting together a compost pile, something that... Everyone hears about, but so few people do. What does it take to put together a great compost pile and, and let us know how great it would be to do that, kind of to you know, get that started now, and maybe it's going to really help out on our spring planting? Well, there's lots of options available. You can make it simple or complex, depending on you. Uh, one of the cheapest ways, just go down to a hardware store and get some chicken wire or hardware cloth, you know, about three, four foot in diameter. Right. And make you and cut you off a piece, you know, ten, twelve feet, make a bend circle. You can get a a piece of concrete reinforcing rod, hammer it to the ground, take some twist ties from the kitchen and tie that together in a circle and put all your material in it. Well I think That's even a uh, even a, a slow thinking Aggie like me could figure that out and put it together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the simplest way it works as good as it. Like even a fancy six, seven hundred dollar composting machine. Well, let me ask you this: Should it be in the sun or the shade, or does it matter? It doesn't really matter. It's more important that you get a good mix of materials, what we call brown materials, which is carbon-rich material, leaves, twigs, branches, shredded paper, to go with high nitrogen material, what we call green materials: green leaves, green grass, food waste, things like that. So. Is there a ratio? I mean, can you just keep throwing this stuff in as you come across it, or do you have to sit down with your chemistry book and, and decide how much of each thing goes in? Now, I remember something years ago I heard a composting conference, an old nursery rhyme. Two parts brown to one part green keeps everything healthy and smelling clean. <laughs> can you handle that one, Sean? You might need to sing that one again. That's pretty no, good. No, I got that part. Two parts brown, one part green keeps everything Happy and smelling green or something. <laughs> Healthy and smelling clean. Healthy and smelling clean. Well, that's good because we don't want to be grossing out the neighbors here either. So uh, it, it's good that we you know, don't have anything that smells bad. So basically you're talking about brown leaves, old twigs. Uh, what else falls under your brown part? Oh, it can be bigger limbs to chip them up. It could be shredded newspaper, cardboard, uh, anything that has high carbon sawdust. Okay, okay. 
Okay, anything basically kind of dead. Weird. Anything that's dead. Yep. Okay. So you got anything two. Anything that was once alive can be composted. Okay, and then your your green part is stuff like little leftover lettuce cores and uh, green leaves and uh, banana peels. Yeah, vegetable type stuff. Is coffee that coffee grounds? Vegetable, coffee grounds, uh, animal manures. You have pets, uh, different things. Throw it in there, huh? So, how long does it have to be sitting there to uh, work out? Do you have to stir uh, it up? Do you have to mix it up? Do you have to wet it down? Or well, moisture is very critical. Okay. You know? We'd like to keep our compost piles the moisture of them. Imagine a sponge when you soak it in water and squeeze all the water out. Right. What you have left over is about a 50% moisture content, and that's kind of ideal for composting. Now, do you need to get yourself a moisture meter, or you just kind of look at it and say that looks about right? I, what I do on mine, I pick up a handful, squeeze it as hard as I can, so a drop of moisture comes out, I got it right. Okay, okay. So you've got this, you know, thing that looks like a big 30-gallon drum at this point, I guess, or maybe a little bit bigger than that, and you're starting to throw stuff in there. How long does it take for it to all break down? It depends on how exact your ratios are, brown and green, and what, what the chemistry is. Okay. What I don't worry about that, I mean, even a log in a forest will eventually rot. Right. Compost down. So if you don't have it perfect, it just takes longer. Okay. Yeah. You know, at my house, I'm pretty much what you could say a lazy composter. I fill up my bin, I let it sit for six months, I'll turn it once, kind of mix the outside in, and let it sit for another six months to a year if I need it, then I use it. Okay, okay. But if you if you have a, a big old chicken wire thing there, basically you're just going to let it sit there and rot away. You really can't get in there and turn it, so. Well, you just take the, undo your twist ties, take the chicken wire, move it over, rotate it over a little bit, and you can shovel it from that existing pile back into the bin. Or you could have two piles, I guess, and have one work, and we kind of shovel into another one. And Yeah, that's what a lot of people do. So I usually have three bins. Well, now you're about to have nature's way. I'm teasing. You have one bin you're filling. Right. When it's full, then you use the second bin to turn it to, and the third one, you, you're collecting materials for a new one. Okay. So, so there's a lot of things. Now, I've heard before that you know it's ready when you can't tell what it was. That's basically when he has a you know dark, deep chocolate brown, has an earthy smell, it's you know black, rich, crumbly. You know, then it's ready to go. Now, do you need to add anything to this, or is this you just take it out and work it into the soil, and it's time to plant your maters? Pretty much, you don't have to add anything to it. Okay. Now, here's where you can get more complex. You know, during your composting, if you got more brown stuff, you can add some organic fertilizer, blood meal to be a nitrogen source to help speed it up a little bit. If you know your soils like lack of calcium, you could take some one of your, you know, powdered limestone or even some drywall, crush it up, put it in there, get some calcium in there. So there's, you know, there's things you can do to make it richer. Okay. So some people take granite dust and put in there to get trace metals or green sand and just, you know, throw a few handfuls in for cubic yard of material. And, and by the way, you happen just to have all of this at your uh, facility there, right? Just happened to. <laughs> no, it is it is amazing. I I, uh, I took the tour up there one day with you, and um, it was just it, it was an educational. I mean, I can't believe that every soil science class in the state of Texas and Louisiana doesn't have a field trip to your facility because it is a uh, a wonder just to look at how everything is is up there and how you're breaking it all down and and the I guess the menu of different. Uh, mulches and soils that you have 
Yeah, that, well, that's our goal is to try to get good quality products, professionals in the landscape industry like yourselves that give you good tools to work with and different types um, based on different applications. Now, Belinda told me I probably shouldn't bring this up. Which, which oh, no, is almost, which is a guarantee that I'm going to go to it right yeah. away. Oh. No, I, 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 it, it's fun because I was looking over all the different mulches you have, and I had a flashback to Forrest Gump where his buddy's talking about all the different ways to cook shrimp. And I'm looking at uh-huh. all the different mulches you have, and you know you've got your, uh, you've got your your azalea mulch, and your you've got your fresh ground mulch, and then you've got, I mean, you just your Hard native hardwoods. It just yeah. goes on and on. I feel like you I'm, have a list. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like I'm you in the utility mulch or goes to the ground <laughs> mulch. You do have a lot. I mean, in so many ways, and I guess you've categorized it just due to the material supplies, right? So if it's the larger hardwood, you know, trunks of trees and things like that that you're going to grind down and put that in for probably a playground mulch, right? Or Yeah, we, we said we're one of the few that separate the, Big, a little bit of soil. Plant. Two by fours out yeah. of our mulch, right? <laughs> yeah, well, trunks of trees have a 500 to 1 or more carbon nitrogen ratio. Healthy soil is 30 to 1. So we don't use that. We pull that big material out. We make playground mulch out of it or other things. We keep the branches and limbs to make our native mulch. And then we compost it which concentrates the nutrients in it. The heat kills all your weeds, feeds all your pathogens, increases the humus content, and turns it a deep, you know, chocolate brown. Right. It just makes it a very good mulch. For Azalea mulch, we add sulfur during the composting phase, and we mix in some compost and some green sand for iron and other minerals, and then we recompost everything together. So each one is designed for a different purpose. Then for people on a budget, we got fresh ground material just right out of the grinder. <laughs> Sometimes we waste our money because we, we decide to go cheaper and just, you know, get get a few bags of mulch and we go home, we open them up, and either, you know, they've been dyed or there are big pieces of wood in there. or And what a waste, right? You, you don't even want to put it down because the stuff doesn't even look good, much less uh, nutritional value for our plants. Um, I did it years ago when we were on a, you know, a simple budget and... In my ignorance. And you didn't know any better. I didn't know any right. better. And now knowing uh, the value of that investment, spending 10% more, you know, is such a, a key thing. We have to convince customers sometimes, well, if you'll do this, this is what will happen. You know, putting in that that $10 bed mix in the $1 or 50 cent plant is the way to go and not to do the reverse. People want to buy the $10 plant and put in a 50 cent bed mix and we see their success is awful. I mean, they the things happens all the time. And when we used your material and and we have absolute living proof in our yard. The success, everything grows. I mean, we we can't stop stuff from growing. I, I mean, it is everything we put in the ground, John, is is coming alive. Much less, we use less water, too. So um, we are very thankful for you and your research and all your efforts over there at Nature's Way. John, I want to ask you a question here real quick, too, on a, or maybe just have you expound a little bit, because we have so many people who spend so much time watering the curb and gutters while they think they're watering their lawns and we see it running off all the time and you drive around a neighborhood and you see just you know rapids running down the uh the curb and gutter areas and you've got this material that your leaf mold compost that if you aerate your lawn and do a top dressing on that would you kind of go on a little bit about how that changes the soil structure and what it does to your watering regime yeah and what we've learned over the last 10 years in soil science is the soil microbiology, the bacteria, the fungus, the protozoa, is critical for plant health. They're the ones that create soil structure. Well, the first thing 
The reason we put chlorine and chloramine in water systems is to kill microbes. So the more you water, the more of the microbes you kill. And these guys prevent turf diseases like brown patch, take, take all, St. Augustine decline, for example. So if you all water too much, you know, you're killing these guys off and you're setting yourself up for disease problems. Okay. Yeah. I know in my own yard, you know, I've been doing this for many, many years, but in 2011, you know, the severe drought. You know, my yard's been a big homes and garden, so I got a pretty nice yard. I only had to water 11 times all year to keep it lush. Wow. What I save on water bills pays for everything else I do in the landscape. No, I I agree with that. 11 times the whole year. Yes, the whole year. That's less than once a month, right? Yeah. Less than every 30 Hey, days. I'm the Aggie here. That was my line. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'll leave those. Wait, I couldn't figure Sean. I didn't figure it out that well, fast. Well, he couldn't though. figure it out fast enough. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, typically when we put, you know, compost, use it as a mulch in our grass and use an organic fertilizer, the grass will actually use 50% less water the first year. And there's reasons why. And when I go into talks, I explain it, but it's... And by your third or fourth year doing it, you'd see a 70% reduction in the amount of water to get the same results. Well, so I... You uh, know, nice savings. And you don't get the diseases. Right. right. And water is expensive now, and people don't realize what they're doing. And I think sometimes because the sprinklers cut on at 4 a.m., you know, they don't see it running over the curb. And, <laughs> you know, it's no longer 100 degrees outside, and so we're dipping down. And even next week, we'll be in the 80s for our high. And a tremendous difference in watering schedule should, you know, ring a bell. But that won't happen. We have to remind people about that. People water throughout October and November the same way they do. Yeah, in it's on June, our streets, so. you know, and try to gently tell people. Well, yep. it's um, like I said, that material is wonderful. We use it at the office. We're using it at our home, and it's um, you know, it's it's worm happy. That's for sure. And there's something that I think almost everyone realizes when they see those worms. They just know in their heart that hey, this is happy dirt. <laughs> That's true. That's yeah, true. I've had people tell me that actually they put down either the composted mulch or the compost in their plants, you know, get a little rainfall. I said, I swear my plants are smiling at me. <laughs> well, tell people about your do. website where people can go to learn more about um, well, not, yeah. not only your materials, but just to uh, pick up a bit of knowledge on the soils and the mulches, which will really benefit their yards. Well, the website is just www.naturewayresources.com. Okay. And and one thing I want to mention, y'all know Brenda Smith, who wrote for the Chronicle for years, Lazy Gardener? Yes, Oh, sir. yeah. You know, she left the Chronicle a year or so ago. We hired her back in the spring, and we were putting out a gardening newsletter. It's free, and she writes for us. Uh-huh. And then go to the website and sign up, and we got the most complete gardening calendar available. Fantastic. I actually get her emails, so she is keeping me up to date as well. So good job, John. Well, it's okay. It's a lot of fun. And like I said, people learn about mulch for the last 30 weeks. I've been writing articles every week on mulches. Fantastic. Well, that'll give us a little side reading. <laughs> yeah, there you go. And all the back issues are on the website. Well, Nature's Way is up there in Conroe, and they should look you up, John. And thank you for your time and your expertise, and we appreciate all of your um, investment into doing some organic materials for us. I thought you're quite welcome, and thank you for having me on, and have a great day. Yes, you bet. Sir. Bye-bye.